0: Tom Curran, who physically looks like Dale Stain with the headband, was actually mistaken for Dale Stain yesterday by the Sri Lankans. Four wickets for Tom Curran. Steve Smith saying he'd probably rather the Ashes over the T20 World Cup. South Africa, great win over the West Indies, and some wonderful achievements in women's cricket for the West Indies, Pakistan, and India as well. And we look forward to more cricket to come this week. Welcome to the CrickBlock podcast for another week. Shabal Kurihi, Aussie fan, joined by... My very good co-host Nash India fan how are you Nash
1: I'm good uh that was a ripper introduction and Thanks, Tom I- Curran's taking wickets what what is happening in international cricket
0: the end is new man um, yeah it was just uh, shocked as you are as many as many others were on, on on Twitter so we'll touch on that um how's everything in Darwin at the moment before we go into the cricket
1: yeah um yeah so the lockdown's finished last friday so we've got crickets back um running again so um that's good and yeah everything's back to normal although we have to wear masks in crowded places but in supermarkets Mm -hmm. and stuff but yeah apart from that everything's back to normal what about you how's sydney how's the cold
0: uh it is very cold yesterday was particularly cold and i think it's gonna be same during the week During the day, it's pretty nice. It's sunny, but, yeah, when it comes to the evening time, man, it gets cold. Um, But, yeah, we're still in in lockdown as well for the rest of this week, and I reckon it could be extended as well. Mm. Still getting, like, 30-odd cases a day here in Sydney at the moment. So they want to make sure that that doesn't spread. Yeah. so we'll see what happens there. Um, In terms of... Coming back to cricket. Yeah, in terms of cricket, in terms of Australia, we saw um some news come out on Friday that Steve Smith um you know will potentially think about missing the T20 World Cup Mm. to to seal his place in the ashes and make sure he's fresh and fit as an Australian fan myself I I still think test cricket reigns supreme here in Australia it's still the format that is most important here what are your thoughts
1: yeah and look uh, working in Australia and cricket for the past few years I think yeah what we have said is pretty bang on and um you know, it, it must be, it should be left up to the players. Uh, ultimately it's their choice. It, you know, they are the ones who have to put in the hard yards for the, for their country and for the, for the, uh, for their passion uh, of the sports. So I think it's, it's, yeah, it's best left up to them. Um, hmm. And, you know, Steve Smith is sort of the person who, who we know will make the best decision um, when it comes to playing cricket. So um and, um, yeah, it will be, it'll, it'll be ultimately his decision. If he wants to skip the T20 World Cup, I don't think, you know, Aussie selectors will have, uh, big problems there because, you know, in T20 they have, um, from what I've seen in Australia, they have pretty big, um, I, I, I wouldn't call it bench strength as such, because we haven't seen a lot of the players such as Josh Philippi and, you know, a lot of the other players, but at least they, they, they are up to the job. They, uh, they are up to the task and, you know, um, I think, I think they'll be they'll be alright without Steve Smith as well.
0: I think Steve Smith has got an elbow injury that he's managing as well. Yeah. So if he's not 100% fit, then taking him to the There's T20 no point, World Cup, yeah. it, it's not going to enable him to be fit enough for the Ashes. Um, as well, for me, Steve Smith is super critical to the Australia Test team. He's not super critical yep. to the T20 team. He's good, T20 player. Doesn't mean I yep. don't rate him, but you know, Australia without Steve Smith in a test match, um, definitely not In, a, as in an Ashes, in not an just ashes. any test match, in an Ashes, you know, look that's at his, his, big. His numbers, uh, the last two Ashes series, 2017, 2018, and then 2019, he's averaging well over 100 in both of those series. He's completely dominated. I um, mean, test cricket is his favorite format, yep. I believe, you know, he loves batting long. And it's still, as I mentioned, the premier format among the public here in Australia, um, you know we still consider test cricket as king um mm. in terms of however leaving it to the players to make their choices i i've said before that that could be the case but as i think about it more i don't know if it will be because if australia do happen to make the t20 world cup final they won't have a lot of those players who play in the ashes will not have any red ball cricket whatsoever by the time the ashes starts and i don't know if cricket australia would want to um will want to, you know, see that happen, um, you know, particularly yep. given they want to keep their players fit, red ball cricket fit, um, and, and fresh and firing for the ashes rather than travelling all over the globe and, and, and staying in bubbles and, and all that sort yep. of stuff. So there might be some actual decisions for Cricket Australia to make now that I think about it more. Um, but Steve Smith at the moment, as I mentioned before, he's managing an elbow injury. Hmm. So he's only batting about 15 minutes each day. It's like... Uh, that's like giving candy to a baby and then and then yeah. snatching it away. Absolutely, straight away, isn't it? absolutely. <laughs> but um, but as I said before, man, he's he's crucial to our test team. You know, yeah. I think England will be much happier if Steve Smith is not in the team than if he is. Um,
1: yeah, and absolutely, and, and you you want him in a series like Ashes, and you want him in a especially in a batting lineup that's so brittle right now. Um, yes. You know, apart from, apart from him, you only have Manus you know, Australia, uh, the Australian team only have Manus who can, you know, back long and who can do the job for them. Uh, apart from that, no one's in form, not even David Warner. Um, David Warner you know, at home yeah, is a different proposition though. Yeah, yeah, you can say that. But again, he hasn't had that much practice after his injury against the yes. India series. Um, he came back, scored, you know, a couple of 30s, 40s, but that's about it. And then um, I think went to IPL. That's that's mm. it, and that's all. That's all the cricket any Aussie player has played so far. So, um, you know, it's it's poor. It's you know, we, we, hopefully we'll see them in the in the T20, in the one day series in West Indies right now, and uh, it'll be it will be interesting to see who who um, you know steps up for Australia mm. because um, the there are a lot of spots in the World Cup side right now. There are a lot of spots there, and if there's no plans for Steve Smith to go to that World Cup that's that's one big shoe spot to fill you know those are some big shoes to fill so um, who who takes up that spot is you know we'll, we'll hopefully see that in the West Indies series and I think um, again going back to my point where you need you need Steve Smith for the ashes that's you know that's the bottom line without him Australia might as well you know just I, I can predict it what, what what's what will happen right now so um I, i'm all for Steve missing the um missing the mm. t20 world cup if he if he if he gets to play the ashes you know
0: yeah so you pretty much answered a question from a fan that we received from editio um at Crick crazy 80 Um he says is stephen smith's decision of not playing the t20 world cup for the ashes right up I, I still think, i don't know if he's made his final call yet he said there's a possibility but I think if he makes the decision to skip it, it's not the end of the world. I think it's a, a good move for from a Test cricket perspective, and it's good to see players prioritising Test cricket. That's what you want to see as well. You know, we see white ball cricket, um, you know, so significant around the world, but we want to see Test cricket being championed. Um, also, there's one thing I was going to mention is that you know, there's if they do miss, the, if a lot of the Australian players, I, I did mention on Saturday that you know this could mean. Not only Steve Smith misses the World Cup, but a few others as well, like Cummins um, and, and these guys as well, because we want to make sure that they're fit and ready to go for the Ashes. But they do miss this year's tournament. There is one next year at home, and Australia yep. might really go hard at that one. Um, yeah, and yeah, say if, yeah, If we don't go all the way this year, so be it. That's okay. Let's let's really prepare well for for next year, and we'll have a full, we'll aim to have a full strength squad, um, and aim to have all those holes plugged. Next year's edition at home and try to win that one because that's that trophy is still a major one that Australia haven't won yet. So, yeah, it's a balancing game this year, but I think the Ashes, I think from an Australian perspective, is always uh, the king, always the priority. So, we also received a question from Amazing Fanatic um, 45 and 49. Suppose Steve Smith decides to skip the T20 World Cup, is Manus the best available option? for Australia, in your opinion? It's a good question. I think the best probably like-for-like replacement in terms of styles of play, not only in terms of the way Mahalas leaves the ball and all that, but in terms of rotation of strike being that sort of anchor that we'll talk about with Mm. the West Indies. Um, But I just think Australia have so many players that are suited for the top order already in the squad that you might just want to see who steps up in West Indies and Bangladesh. Mm.
1: But if Steve Smith's not going to the World Cup, wouldn't Marnus stay with him?
0: Exactly. How can Marnus <laughs> be in a different place than Smith? It's just yeah, exactly. For the whole year. But again, Australia might decide against that because like Steve Smith, manus is a crucial player for the Ashes. Yeah. And then absolutely. You, know, you might want to have manus performing well in Sheffield Shield here and preparing well for, for, the, for yep. the big red ball. They're soccer, only so.
1: two crucial players, really.
0: Yeah, absolutely. They're the, they're the two rocks. You Know they're the two, so you know, Manus I think is a very handy T20 player. We've seen him perform well with bat and ball yep. in the format, but you know, I think Australia, as I mentioned before, bigger fish to fry with the ashes. And they'll see, they'll see like players like Josh Philippi, they'll probably yeah. even test yep. Matthew Wade, um, maybe even Marcus Thoinus up the order. He loves batting up the order, so you might think, okay. Let's see who we can put in at uh, number three, or uh, as well yep. as the opening positions in West Indies. So we'll get to know more about who that will be. Very yep, interesting. Absolutely.
1: Numbers. Very interesting to see. I think, um, you know, obviously Aaron Finch will be opening, but it's it'll be interesting to see who goes in with him. Yeah. Um, because obviously David Vaughan is not there. So, um, yeah, just an interesting call for the selectors.
0: Yeah, should be good. Um, Absolutely. Speaking of Australia, block out your calibers um, maybe chuck a party in your homes. They're finally playing. They're going to finally be playing some cricket. Absolutely. Later this week. Excited against, to see them. Later this week against the West Indies. Um, I'm excited as well. There's a lot of players, key players that are you know skipped the tour, but gives a great opportunity for a number of others, um, you know, to perform. I think Australia have got to sort out their death bowling and their death batting. Finishing in both departments has been an issue. If you want to be a great yeah. T20 team, you've got to sort those sort those issues out. So middle order batting is going to be crucial. Um, mm. Speaking of the West Indies, big surprise. Um, I I didn't think they'd lose at home. All due respect to South Africa. South Africa are a very handy side with a lot of talented players. But I thought the West Indies with that lineup at home would win. What do you yeah. think went wrong? What do you think went wrong there?
1: Yeah, I mean after the second T20, I you know I was quick enough to call predict. Um, you know, four-one in favor of the West Indies, and obviously that did not happen. So, um, yeah, I- interesting because um, you you don't know quite, you know you know you can't quite predict what to expect from the West Indies lineup if they are playing like this. But I think come World Cup, um, they will click again. And you know, it's the, it's the World Cup; it's their uh, turf. They know how to how to handle the pressure. They have done they have done it before. Um, and um, again, you know, not no credit being taken away from Quinton de Kock here. He has played fabulously in the last couple of T20s. And I think um, him and Markram coming to the party really helped, uh, that's what I was gonna ask uh, helped the South African spirit. I was going to uh, ask that's you, what's.
0: is Markram the right opening partner for de Kock going forward in the World Cup? Um, Personally, before the series, yeah, I, would, could I, would be. I would have had him because he's been awesome be. this year.
1: Yeah. His quality absolutely. Quality. And absolutely. And um, yeah, I, I would like to see Markram and Quinton de Kock at the, at the top with, you know, uh, possibly Bavuma at number three, maybe, or, you, you know, you obviously have players like David Miller and Van Der Dusen who can, who can do the job in the middle order. So, um, you know, that's still, they still have to figure out a lot of things before the World Cup, obviously. But I think um, Quinton de Kock and Markram's form will be a real positive for them right now. And they'll be licking their lips Thinking about the World Cup as well because once uh, w- add David Miller to that party and even Van der Dusen and those four can cause some real damage in in the batting line of, uh, to any bowling attack in, on their day. So um, it's really interesting because they they have not only beaten West Indies they have convincingly beaten West Indies in the last T twenty by twenty five runs and it was a. By West Indies standard, it was a modest target, I would say, because one sixty nine for that that West Indies lineup is, you know, should be a a walk also in the, the park. the last on, four on games of that series. series,
0: the last four games of that series was won by the team batting first. Sixties, yeah. They all got one sixty
1: odd. Yeah, so. and you know, Evan Lewis and Lendl Simmons, Chris Gale, you would think those three are enough to finish yeah. the job, but obviously, South Africa have bowled really well. You know, Kagiso uh, Robara has bowled, you know economical, not only economical, but really accurate and, you know, taking the wickets. So um, that's important. Again, Lungi Engiri, you know, taking three wickets, striking on, you know, right when it was needed. So I think, um, yeah, Shamsi. it was, it was a, Shamsi it was a shock. Shamsi. And, and we have seen, we have seen this. Yeah, exactly. And we have seen this uh, from the West Indies where, you know, two series now against Sri Lanka and against uh, South Africa, they have struggled against the um, wrist spinner that's what i was going to say um, yep so you know th- that's maybe that's maybe something they have to uh, work work towards for that's the gonna world cup because, avenue,
0: it's going to be an avenue uh, it's going to be an avenue for teams um to target exactly. australia the have exactly. got Swepson and uh, and also zampa in the yep. squad they might look at playing yep. one or both of them for that yep. for that particular reason that they have struggled against wrist spin quicker yep. um, accurate wrist spin you know the A- absolutely
1: only- but one one thing I want to I want to ask you, Chabel, is what do you make of Andrew Russell's form? I mean, you know he yeah, hasn't set the world on no fire by any standards. Um, you know, zero in the last T twenty yesterday, mm-hmm. nine before that, and you know, um, twenty five before that. So he hasn't, you know, he hasn't set the world on fire. So what is that? Is that a thing? You know, something to worry about for the for the West, West Indies?
0: Oh yeah, you want him firing? Um... You know his potential and the West Indies, I think, will be glad that they're playing more games ahead of the yep. World Cup so he gets that opportunity to to fire because we all know what he's capable of. And once he gets yep. more of those those opportunities, I think he'll he'll find form. You know, if yep. he if he continues to struggle and then starts the World Cup in bad form, I think that's when they'll start to get a bit concerned. Mm. But but now they'll say, Look, we lost this series, but there's still a bit of time between now and the tournament to sort of get Russell in some form. So Yeah. And, and that's priority. actually
1: yeah. exactly, and that's actually a nice segue into the into a fan question that mm-hmm. was asked by Robin at Robin underscore rounder. Do you think the Windy's approach of going all guns blazing from the start backfired in this series, or the Proteus were just the better side on the field? Mm-hmm. What,
0: what are your takes on that? Yeah, I think, um, you know, we talk about the firepower in the Windy's team and how they bat deep, but sometimes. You know, it's all well and good going big, but sometimes you just got to balance it out and play the situation. You know, I felt there was, I think it might've been the third game where West Indies were chasing and they only needed about seven and a half and over in the last 10. And they're getting out yep. playing big shots holding out in the deep. And yeah, it's that great game management, you know, I mean, yeah, it's great to blast teams out of the park and, and things like that and hit the big shots, but there's also an element of game management that you need to have as well. Mm-hmm. That's you, know, great. you need to, you need to pick and choose, um, so yeah, you know, there's always that argument: should the West Indies have an anchor? I don't know. You know, there's an anchor. Uh, uh, in the T20s. I'm just
1: going to I'm just going to hold you on that because there's another question from amazing fanatic. Yeah. Um, do you think that a lack of an anchor who steadies the innings was the main cause of the Windy's downfall? What's your answer for that?
0: I don't know, I don't know if many teams would have an anchor. I don't know. Maybe like a, a David Milan role or a Steve Smith role potentially. That could that could help yeah. West Indies, but you know, first of all, yeah, it, you out know, but then- at
1: least at least by anchor, I think someone who can rotate I mean, the strike, yeah. keep you know, keep the at least the scoreboard ticking without taking any risk, and then you have players at the other end like you know, yeah. Andre, your Andre Russell, your Chris Gayle, your Lendl Simmons, who can actually hit the ball out of the park at, at you know at will that's sort of that's i think that's what has worked for sides like you know uh maybe you can take the example of new zealand who have a kane williamson and who have a ross taylor you know those two are perfectly in sync when things are going well for their for for new zealand on their day because ross taylor can you know hit, hit the ball out of the park but i'm not saying that kane williamson can't he absolutely can but he doesn't need to does he Like when it's needed, he can. But when it's not needed, he can play that innings of just nudging and, you know, nuddling the ball to the third man, taking ones and twos and, you know, just keep the scoreboard ticking and get. For that finish, exactly. He
0: came in as well. Strike rotation. I think just the West Indies just need to balance it out. Like, and say, just play according to the situation a little bit more. You know, when this again, is seven and a again, half and is over, that sorry?
1: I'm asking the I'm asking the hard question. I'm sort of trying. I'm not trying to get into an argument, but I'm just no, no. asking the hard question because I love the West Indies team in T20s because I absolutely love them. Like the way they have approached T20 has been so much better than you know other teams in the past few years because um, has that worked? Just going all oh, guns placing? that has worked for them. You know, we can't deny that. Previously, that has worked yeah. for them with Marlon Samuels, Chris Gale at the top, yeah. Lendl Simmons, you know, coming in. Even, e- right. e- there was Dwayne Brower, everyone, Kyron Pollard, everyone just used to go all against Blazing. Just they all threw the kitchen sink at it and it worked for them. So why not now? Like, why not keep doing it? Because you all almost have the same players. Dwayne Brow is coming in at nine. So why not keep doing it? That's my question.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, that's a good point. It's worked for them in the past. They've got two titles. And that's probably... And, and, you know, something that they'll, they'll look at keeping, they wouldn't change too much. I don't, I don't particularly, that's why I don't particularly agree with the anchor. But someone like Jason Holder, for example, he's a smart cricketer. He's a smart batsman. Yeah. So when he's holding out when they haven't got, you know, they've lost a few wickets already, hitting it into the deep when it wasn't, the, it wasn't quite the right option. That could, that could potentially hurt them even in big games, like the all guns blazing approach. I mean, that's you live mm. by the, you, you live by the sword, you die by the sword, I guess. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I think and just the sheer depth know, in that team allows them to, yep. to go big enough. You know, exactly. Actually, I mean, Dwayne, Dwayne Brow was yourself, coming
1: into. Yeah. Yeah. Dwayne Brow was coming into bat at number eight. That's scary. You know, that's scary. After, after Nicholas Puran, after, um, Andrew Russell and Fa- Fabian, Fabian Allen did not play the last, you know, the that's 50, right. 20. So even he's in there. So, um, you know, it's a scary score. Obviously, they are in my top four for the T20 World Cup. West Indies, um, that doesn't change after the uh, yeah. after the South Africa series result. That's you know, they are still in the top four because I think South Africa. To answer Robin's question, I think South Africa are just better on the day. That's about that's yeah. that's the answer. I don't think there's a lot wrong with West Indies. So, um, you know, no, look, and that's, that that may be lawsuit. coming from a place of bias, but uh, because no, I, I agree, agree love with you. The, the West Indies T20 side, but I, you know, I agree I with you. I don't think there's any a blip cause, on the radar. I
0: don't think any cause for major concern. Hmm. But you know, potentially if they've you know in a situation in the World Cup where they've lost a few wickets and they need seven and a half and over, yep. Just think hard about your strategy and how you approach. Yes, you've got an all guns blazing approach, but for example, England had an all guns blazing approach in ODI cricket before the World Cup, and then the World Cup final, they were under significant pressure at a run chase, but they took it deep. Yep. You know, they made sure they had wickets at the end, like Ben Stokes and Josh Butler put a crucial partnership under pressure. That that sort of thing. You know, you can have your all guns blazing approach as your overall strategy, but when the situation requires it, Hmm. you know, try to be a bit more selective where you can. Because that's the name of the game. But if you're back first and you try to get as many as you can, of course. If you're in a situation where you need seven, seven and a half, in a knockout World Cup game where net run rate and all that doesn't matter. You know, you can play according yep. to the situation. Um, yep. From Debashish Serengi, at Plum underscore in front. He's um, put out the suggestion that should they use someone like Holder as a floater to stabilise the innings? Um, but they used him in the second match, higher up the order, but then, you know, didn't play again or didn't play after that. What do you think? Because I, I was talking about Jason Holder before holding out when they needed 78 off 60-odd balls. Could he be that player that they look at and say... You're in the middle. They're for us when we need you to. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, the
1: difficult question for West Indies is who do they drop to accommodate Jason Holder? That's the, you know, that's the difficult question because at the moment, you know, you have Simmons and Lewis, Chris Gale at the top. Mm-hmm. Then you got Hetmeyer, Then you got Karen Pollard, Andrew Russell, Nicholas Puran. Maybe Nicholas Puran could be the one, you know, who gets the ax just because they want Jason Holder to come in. But again, he's a keeper. Uh, that's, that's an advantage for him. Uh, uh, and, you know, that's what saves him from getting dropped. So you have Dwayne Bravo coming in at number eight. So, yeah. um, and, you know, Akil Hussein, I have, you know, I honestly, I've never heard of him before. So, um, again, he's a spinner. slow left arm spinner. Yes. Um, before, I, I mean, before the series. So um, he's a left arm spinner and, you know, it's, it, it's interesting because I, I love Jason Holder. I love him. I loved him as a captain as well of the West Indies when he was the captain. So um, yes, the, uh, to answer the question, yes, they could use him as, as that person to stabilize the innings. Um, but I would, uh, it's a good headache to have, isn't it? For, for the West Indies to, you know, to be able to have Jason Holder as, as a sub <laughs> and you know t- who if they get that combination right if they get that balance right and they bring in Jason Holder i think that would be a lethal lethal uh, yep. team for the t20 world cup well, yep,
0: what's your what's your take on yeah, take it could, on that could happen yeah someone like that as i said before it's like if the situation demands it and you need that by all means they even like someone like Karam pallard can switch gears so quickly yeah. he's capable of sort of just easing things in and then and you know does he have right different?
1: On. Does he have different gears? Oh, I've seen I thought he way. played. He started in fourth gear.
0: Yeah, yeah. And he, he can do that when the situation requires it. But he's also a player that can perform well under pressure when needed to and, and mm-hmm. hold things together. So because he's the captain, he's the leader, and he's a smart cricketer. Yeah. He's a good tactician. Absolutely. the Situation yeah. demands it in a big game. I'll back him to to perform and produce what's required. Um, so very interesting there. Very interesting. But the West Indies, as you said, they've got so many options.
1: Got so I'll, I'll, I'll ask you one question regarding West Indies. Do you think Chris Scale should open either with Evan Lewis or Simmons?
0: Um, that means you leave a good opener out. I would probably. No, say... you, don't, you
1: don't have to leave them out. You can drop, like, you can, you know, Simmons can come number three. Yeah. Just because having Chris Scale at the top, you know, it's intimidating for the opposition, like, to walk out. You yeah, see Chris Gill yeah. right from the first over in the power play. That's intimidating yep. for any bowler, any bowling lineup. So just based on that fact, do you, would you have, would you pick Chris Gale, you know, um, as, 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 as your opener?
0: Definitely a good shout for is He's the best T20 player of all time. So yeah. yes. Um, also for the reason that he does maybe take a few deliveries to get going. Mm. And that is sort of not too bad when, you know, he's at, right at the top. And yep, so exactly. someone like Lewis or Simmons or whoever it may be going bonkers at the other end kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so that's another reason for it. But I like the idea. I think it's probably the best position for him still. Number yep, three, he's absolutely. great. But uh, he's still great. But he does take that bit of time to get going. And the opening mm. position allows for you to do that. And then you've yeah. got those restrictions as well with the power play that he can take advantage of. Well, as well. Uh,
1: when it comes to Chris Gale, I don't think restrictions. But not only too that; much. it's even 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 <laughs>
0: if even if he's getting going early on, he can still you know get yeah. the ball in the, through the infield, for example, and get boundaries because you know yeah you yeah you know no yeah. no no plays out outside kind of thing. So by that yeah by that regard, I think the West Indies you know could look at doing that for the start of the Australia series. You know, get Chris Gale back opening. Um, and see where you go from there. I think that uh, the um, the arrival of Obed McCoy in this series, from a yes. perspective, he was yep. very good. Wayne Bravo taking big wickets, um, but I thought from a South Africa perspective, Shamsi proved why he deserves that mm-hmm. number one ranking. You know, yeah, that was yeah, a, a fantastic performance. Yeah, went for four and over. So great win, great two, tour for two, South Africa. Two,
1: two and over in the last T20. That's absolutely brilliant with that it's batting little, lineup. That batting lineup. It's
0: yeah. That's absolutely Very good. brilliant. Very good. South Africa, I think, you know, they're finishing with the bat, as you mentioned before, like they've still got a few gaps to fill in their team. You know, they're finishing. Yeah. They were in good positions in a lot of those games to go on and get a big, big score, but they finished poorly in a lot of those yeah. games. So yeah. that's an area for improvement for them. They won the series, but, um, you know, I don't think they have a complete side yet, but a big confidence mm-hmm. boost for them.
1: Now, coming on to... Just taking a flight to England now. <laughs> uh, Tom Curran's taking wickets. What's happening, Shabel? Just tell us, walk us through it. What, what's happening, if as you can?
0: As I mentioned in the introduction, Sri Lanka might have thought he was uh, Dale Stain instead of Tom Curran. I mean, even then,
1: you have to, you know, at least Dale Stain is this great know. It's port. Just
0: South Africa? Sorry, Sri Lanka. I mean, just they're rock bottom at the moment, aren't they? Yeah. You know, and Tom Curran, to his credit, in the second match, it was economical. And in the third yep. one, he, he picked up wickets, which is good for him. You know, he, he only took three wickets in his previous 11 matches, and he takes four in, in one game. So, three, three wickets since, I think, since the start of 2020. So that's... Yeah, it was 11 only nice for him. Yeah. And, and then four in one. And that's, you know, he, yeah, that could only happen against Sri Lanka right now. He went wicketless in nine of them um and then he's taken four in the one it just goes to show how one sided of the whole series has been you yeah. know and you know i read an article today when you look at wimbledon going on at the moment the tennis in england and you've got the euros in the football england are doing very well there it's yeah. you know this series probably didn't capture a lot of the attention and you can see why it was yeah. exactly it was, just, it was just so one-sided Sri Lanka offered no resistance
1: totally lackluster and um you Know obviously India's going to send a second string side to them. Like, I, I don't coming, like, you know, going to the point Ranatunga. of what Arjuna Ranatunga <laughs> said. Yeah, I mean, you know, let's be honest, you know, you just know where you It'd stand. That's strange. that's all I have to say. It'd be
0: quite strange if India sent their full strength side for Sri Lanka and sent a, a, a you know, a weaker side for England test matches. Yeah, wouldn't it? And I think,
1: and uh, you know, you can't, uh, you can't say. To the Sri Lankan board, just cancel the series because the, you don't have players. I mean, these players are capable of beating your. If that's in, Sri Lanka's top side, top oh, eleven, then India should still beat them. Know. Yeah, even and with the, you, know, um,
0: you know the lesser, exactly or And that's no,
1: that's not that's not even a you know. I wouldn't say that's the second string side. You know, they have Bhuvneshwar Kumar, they have Hardik Pandya, they have Shikhar Dhawan, Yuzvendra Chahal, yadav no you know, that's, that's, you know, that's what some of the, Surya Kumar Yadav, that's some of the, you know, best cricketers in the country right now. So, um, you know, I just don't get how people, by people, I mean, some people don't understand where they stand and, you know, no disrespect. I'm not trying to disrespect, but, you know, circumstances change. A few years ago, if we, you would have said, said this, you know, if Ranatunga would have said this, I would have said, yes, absolutely. You, you have a great team. You deserve um india sending a full strength side but now i mean they're they're in shambles obviously India is going to look at this as a practice or selection tournament for the t20 world cup try out some players try out players like warun chakravati try out players like cheetan sakaria you know those kind of players and you know it's good for them as well uh, mm. by them i mean these sort of players who are on oh, yeah. sort of are, are the fringe players who are who might be in the reckoning for the T20 World Cup, but trying to get there. So I don't, I don't see the point of Ranitunga making these um, comments because it's, it's totally, you know, um, well ignorant. I can say What's that if I can use that word. If,
0: if India win, what is it, three ODIs, three, three T20s in that uh, yep. tour, they win six nil across both formats. What will he say <laughs> then? He's got to look at the Sri Lankan uh, situation at the moment. Um, yeah and, and and figure out why is it that if india you know fine they don't send their all their first choice players yeah why is it that sri lanka are still such big outsiders in this series it's obvious why the whole thing yeah. is a mess and it was um andrew fidel's um sorry andrew fidel fernando's um, article last week in cricket info that was just perfect you know yeah so many problems at board level not doing enough in terms of um, you know, grooming talent in the domestic structures to get them ready for international cricket. Sri Lanka are in all sorts of trouble, mm, all sorts of absolutely. trouble. Absolutely. Um, and I don't see, you know, how it improves for them anytime soon. I think they'll yeah. qualify for the Super Twelves in the T Twenty World Cup from their group, but after that, as I mentioned last week, I don't think they're going to offer a lot of resistance. Um, yeah. speaking. And that's life, another
1: thing. Yeah, I mean, Sri Lanka has to play qualifiers. Yeah. The, you know and you should just understand where you stand at the moment and i'm not saying in, in five years time they may be one of the best sides in t20 i'm not you know th- that might be a possibility if they really um analyze themselves right now but you know you just at, at the moment at to- in today's date they should know where they stand and
0: mm.
1: you know um yeah that's my take on it
0: yeah um speaking of uh, resting players and second-string teams and, and all that. We received the question from amazing fanatic. Uh, do you think England missed a trick by not testing their bench strength in the third ODI? Banton, Livingston could have played? Um, what do you think?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a good shot. I, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't have mind seeing them. Uh, obviously, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a I fan of... I think it's of, a bit I'm different now with... How he um, bats.
0: It's a bit different now with ODI Super League points, in a way. Yeah. Like, pe- teams want to you know, it's not really dead rubber anymore. You still, you know, make sure you get those mm, maximum points. That's correct. And that sort of that's stuff. That's correct. Yeah. Um, yeah, it probably would have been good to see a couple of the guys go- come in and, and get an opportunity. But, yeah, at the same time, you can understand why, you know, mm, foot at the throat yeah. um, and, you know, get the win and do what you need to do to get the points and qualify directly for that World Cup in 2023. Yeah. Um, Funny happening in women's cricket as well. Um, mm. Raj, the highest ever women's um run scorer as in international a, cricket in international cricket for women's. What are you, what's your take on her? You know, as an India fan yourself, um, what words do you have for such a great player?
1: Oh, I absolutely love her. I mean, as, as a player, I absolutely love her. I mean, we have. It, it, you know, we uh, we have grown up seeing her in women's cricket. So, our first interaction or engagement in women's cricket when we when it was first on television was Mithali Raj. Um, so, you know, we it, women's cricket in India is probably synonymous with Mithali Raj for a lot of. Uh, people my age and now there there are players coming up like Smithy Mandana, Haman Brit and, you know, yeah. Shafali and Jam- Jamima Roderick. So but before that was Mithali Raj. And you know, she she knows what she's doing when she bats with a slower strike rate or a faster strike rate, she knows what she's doing. She as she's given a given an interview, I think today it was um, where she said, you know, I don't I don't play to validate someone's point i just play for my country and for my team so uh and that's absolutely bang on that's that's what that's what as an indian fan i love to see so um yeah i mean there's no you know you can't put it in simple words because she has been a legend of the women's game and i think um there's not she doesn't have any haters as such uh in in, in, you know when it comes to cricket so yeah absolutely love her
0: fantastic cricketer going on strong she, she's probably I, I, would, thereabouts.
1: I would even go f- as far as saying she's probably equivalent of what belinda clark did for women's cricket in australia wow. um you know massive massive influence and hopefully she stays involved in cricket after after her playing career
0: yeah i second that she's just been huge huge for for india um really inspiring another generation of cricketers to sort of yeah. you know you know Fall in love with the game first and foremost, mm. and then take it up. and And now we're seeing women's cricket grow, and you're going to see players like Shafali yep. and more um, coming through and, and continuing to grow the women's game. Game, based on you know what people like Madali Raj have done. Yeah, and you know she's very deserving of the uh, of the leading run scorer tag. It's just it's something to be very very proud of. Um, Absolutely. In terms of India, the team. Um, they got they got home in the end with a yes, a, a victory well, yeah. That was match. a massive win, I think. Yeah, what what impact do you think that will have on the team?
1: Oh, massive! I think it, it's a big morale booster for the for the team going into the T Twenty series from tenth of July. I think. Yep. Um. Yeah. It it will be a massive. Um, confidence booster for, for the team because you know you got Sh- Shmithi Mandana scoring for 49, Mitali Rad 75. Obviously, uh, she's in playing the T20s, but uh, you know, just having her around the dressing room mm-hmm. in the one day series. Um, yes, I would, I I, I would agree mm-hmm. that Herman Pritkar's form is a big worry for India,
0: yeah. And she to say, definitely
1: What's that. Sorry, I was about to say that. She de- def- she needs to come good in the T20 series. She has, you know, at least in the one day in the la in the past two years, she has scored at an average of 30, 30 35, 38, and we know she's a lot better player than that. In the in the 2017 uh, World Cup year, in, in the entire year, she played 20 games and scored at a, at an average of 50. So we we know she can do it, and we have seen her do it. So yeah, um, you know, she again. It's interesting because it's just a phase, isn't it? That's all you it's can say. It's, it's a, for a struggle. For a player. It's It's also the yeah. amount of
0: delivery she's taking up as well. It's just exactly just out of touch and really trying hard to to regain that yeah. form.
1: And even the T Twenty form is is big worry because in the yeah in the in the last year twenty twenty she played ten matches and scored at an average of eighteen point five. So that's that's a big worry for India. So she has to has to come good in the England series and she has to again go back to the basics and you know keep doing what she was doing when she was in prime form again and again.
0: Yeah because you know we even talk about from an ODI perspective the need for India to sort of catch up a little bit in terms of yep. scoring rates. yeah mentioned last week you know England's first innings averages over two fifty since the two thousand and seventeen ODI World Cup Australia is nearing 300. India were down around that two thirteen mark you know so, yep. If you have a, a, you know, a firing Harmanpreet core, that'll really take India to another level. So, that's an area of, of, of concern that they want to, you know, see Harmanpreet, you know, yeah, find her best form because that'll take India to another level. When you have Shafali Verma, her potential, and Manhana, and and these players, the ingredients are there, as I mentioned last week, um, they've just got to, um, they've just got to gel together as a unit. Um, yeah. We received the question from Archisman Mishra. Um, I am Archi sixteen. Um, Indian women—they need just some luck or some execution to get back on track. What, what's the what's the secret?
1: I think it's it's execution. Um, you know, we we have seen obviously the form of some of the batters is a worry. Um, uh, they just need proper execution, like you know we know that this team has got the potential to go all the way like this team has serious serious potential serious talent and skill so um it's just gelling at the same time and you know putting on the performance that they they you know that we know they can do um and that that ultimately comes down to the execution of their skill and talent Obviously, there's there has to be luck involved. There's luck involved in all forms, in yeah, you know, all aspects of, of cricket. But you know, um, you have to, you you can, you know, you have to work hard enough for the luck
0: to work. So yeah, you need to um, iron out the things you you've got to work on, kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, and there's a few things to work on, but the potential was there, as you mentioned. Um, for England, all in all, relatively solid guess, a series for them onto the T20s. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, Heather night getting into some runs, Nat in runs. Tammy Beaumont missed out in the last match, but her form of late has been magnificent. So, you know, I'm a big fan of so- Sophie Eccleston as well, just yeah. always, always taking wickets no matter the format. A fantasy cricket dream. Uh,
1: I'm <laughs> calling this early, but I think Sophie Dunkley is going to be the highest run getter of the World Cup next year. Wow, well, yeah. She's I'm,
0: she's a good player.
1: She's, a you know, she's, you know, serious talent. Because- so I think... That's um, a big
0: call with the Australian Yeah, I, and I know there's players. some
1: serious players involved in the, mm. in, the, in, the, in the World Cup next year in New Zealand, but I think she will be right up there. She will be challenging that sport, and I think uh, she'll just edge it. And the, I think this, uh, I can predict the second one to be
0: Meg Lanning as well. So, um, <laughs> Meg Lanning uh, is just an absolute freak yeah. in ODI cricket. So, big call, um, but that's good. Dunkley's looked absolutely brilliant in the early yep. games of her career. Um, exactly. the Iron Test career. So good on her and, you know, we wish her the best. Um, some more records of such in uh, women's cricket. West Indies beating Pakistan 3-0, but we had Stefani Taylor take a mm. hat-trick and score 40-odd not out to see her team home. And we had Nida da, of Pakistan become the first Pakistani bowler, men or women, to get 100 T20i wickets. So, just goes to show the potential that women's cricket has. Yep. It's it's growing very well, which is great to see. But you see the performances all over the globe. I think you know, um, we're gonna see leagues around the world really help improve cricketers even more. Yeah. Um, and that's the perfect segue into what will be coming this week. Mm-hmm. We will have be having a special feature on women's cricket. Nash, did you want to provide some details on that?
1: Yeah, so um, this week we'll be recording a special feature um, on women's cricket and not only women players in cricket, but women in cricket uh, off the field as well. So uh, the impact that they bring on the sport, you know, the changes that have happened over the last few years and the our very special guest, should, should we announce it? Oh, I, I, don't,
0: I, I think an we should wait. You are You want to announce it? You want to say a surprise or do you want to you know tell people who it is and get them excited to tune in yeah we can announce it so uh the the special
1: guest is going to be Radha gupta from she talks ball um so she's a you know um a lovely lovely uh you can call it she's she's sort of a uh, jack of all trades you can call her that um she has um She steps, you know, she does a lot of work in content creation in, in, in women's sport, not only cricket, but even soccer. Um, she writes for women's Creek zone. She writes for one football. She writes for the bridge in, in the bridge India. Um, and she has she's the founder and working on her own, um, YouTube channel called she talks ball. So I think I'm really excited to talk women's cricket with her and, um, you know, get to know her journey in women's, you know, in, in, in the sport, in the sporting industry.
0: I can't wait as well. I'm so excited. So guys, that episode will drop on Thursday this week. So um, do keep an eye out for that one. Um, Nash, if there's nothing else from you. We'll sign off for, for this week, this week's podcast episode, but as we've just mentioned, that there's a special feature coming out this week and we can't wait. So stay tuned guys. Um, yeah. You can follow us on quick blog pod on Instagram and uh, Twitter Follow me on at Crick underscore blog on Twitter and Nash at Nash Vsant. Thank you guys for listening and we'll see you guys later in the week.